Hello, and welcome to the E-Team Podcast. These are conversations with ministry and marketplace leaders from across the country that provide great insight and encouragement. For more information about this podcast and any and all resources provided by the E-Team, please visit us online at eTeam-inc.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the E-Team Podcast. These are conversations that we get to have with ministry and marketplace leaders from across the country in hopes to bring you great insight and encouragement. And uh, today we're, we're joined uh, by a great leader, uh, a gentleman that I've got to know over the last uh, several weeks, um, just a great man of God who is extremely gifted. Um, just want to introduce you to Manny Pena. Yes, sir. Good to be here, Andy. Uh, so, Manny, thanks for joining us. Um, man, I'm excited uh, for you to share just what the Lord is doing. And, and so Manny is actually, um, he is the co-director of the Southeastern Region of the M- MFI, which is Ministers Fellowship International. He's also a CEO and founder of an organization called The Cleaning Solution. Uh, and he's the lead pastor of Lux Church in downtown Richmond, area. Uh, so Manny, thanks again uh, for taking time and just share. If you don't mind, just tell us a little bit of who you are and, and kind of your background and what led you to this time and this place. Oh, wow. Uh, again, thank you for um, having me, Andy, and um, it's a privilege to be here. Well, yeah, so uh, that's an open and broad question. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I always say this, um, I'm privileged to uh, be able to now uh, lead Lux Church, which was once named Destiny City Fellowship. And uh, my father planned in 1999. And I, I begin there because often, and, and I also really um, uh, teach this to many young people that are um, pioneering, if you will, in ministry, is that our story doesn't begin with us. Um, our story begins with those that have gone before us and have uh, created opportunity and access where otherwise there might not be. And, um, and so uh, uh, in January of 2018, um, the transition uh, was completed, a three-year transition where my wife and I were privileged to uh, carry now the baton for this next leg of the race that my father and mother and the team of Destiny City Fellowship had fulfilled faithfully. Um, and before that, uh, we'll come back, we'll put, a, we'll put a pin there. That's just a bookmark there. Right. Um, but uh, before that, um, you know, my origin is New York City. Um, and my father was in the military and uh, Screaming Eagle, 101 uh, Airborne Division. And uh, my sister was born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I have uh, two sisters and, um, uh, and um, I was born in New York City um, in Harlem. And uh, that's pretty interesting because that's Harlem of the North and the origins of Harlem actually are found in Richmond, Virginia. Um, And so uh, at the age of five, my dad was offered a transfer from his uh, place of employment. And he said, Lord, where do I go? And he felt the Lord calling him to Richmond, Virginia. We knew we didn't know anyone here. Um, But my dad's, uh, uh, um, you know, heart has always been, hey, if the family of God is around the world, we've got family everywhere. And so uh, he picked up everything and like Abraham went to an unknown land <laughs> and, um, and uh, we, we made Richmond our home. And since day one in 1986, um, my father knew that he was to serve in the city. And so uh, in 1986, my father moved to Richmond and began to look for a church. And the Lord planted us in a church in the heart of the city where now our church is. We're a stone's throw away from where our first church um, was established in 1986. And God um, took us around and then brought us back right to the place where he originally had called us. 
And um, as a young boy, I, I joke with many pastors in our area that I've slept through more prayer gatherings than most have attended. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were in prayer gatherings and, and um, you know, racial reconciliation, you know, meetings and, and just the fight that we're fighting today. I've seen uh, it being fought years ago. Um, and again, I'm reminded of this. Uh, simply because the, the, the work that God has called us to as shepherds oftentimes seems uh, uh, unending and unyielding. Um, and uh, uh, I look at men and generals of the faith in our city that have been serving for 40 and 50 years. And here I am now, uh, kind of new blood. And they're excited now because they have uh, a generation to hand the fight over to. And, um, and that's their joy. It's not that they've won the fight. It's not that they've seen even considerable ground as in our naturalized being have, having been taken, right. but that the fight is still, still being fought faithfully. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, so, uh, I grew up again in Richmond and, um, uh, I played baseball all through, uh, my, you know, uh, middle school and high school days and had opportunity to go play college ball. And throughout all of that felt the Lord saying, son, there's something more that I have established for you. And, and baseball isn't it. Um, and that began actually at the age of 13. I was on my first missionaries trip with YWAM, Youth with a Mission. Yep. And um, I was supposed to play against the, uh, uh, against Japan in an a all-star game. And I said, well, I can have my cake and eat it too. I'm going to go play baseball. I mean, I'm going to go on the missions trip, um, which at that time we were having our DTS, our discipleship training school in um, Atlanta, Georgia for two weeks. Um, and I said, I can go and, and, and meet the Lord there and he can do great things in my life and fly back and uh, play baseball. Well, at the end of the two weeks, I had seen uh, uh, um, uh, legs grown and blind eyes opened and uh, hundreds of salvations and uh, demons cast out. And, and here I am at 13, just being overwhelmed by the reality that God is real. And, and it wasn't my mom and dad's faith anymore. It was becoming mine. And I felt the Lord say, you can go and do what you want to do, or you can stay and watch what I'll do, um, you know, in the rest of this trip. And so I called my coaches and said, Hey, listen, you know, I love baseball, but, but I love Jesus more. Um, I, I'm sorry for the commitment that I've made that I'm now breaking, but I've got to stay. And they said, hey, we would argue with a lot of things, but we're not going to argue with you pursuing God. And, and I didn't know that that would be the response. And so at the age of 13, I say that that's been the beginning really of the trajectory of my life. Um, at 18, I left college playing baseball to be full time in the ministry. And then at the age of 24, I had a great job with a large nonprofit in our area being promoted rapidly. And as I was walking in my office, a hot summer month of July, I was thinking, I love my job. God, thank you for opening this door. And then as I opened the door and walked through it, the Lord said, no problem. I need you to resign. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I fought for six months. I fought. And finally, I said, Lord, I I'm not going to fight with you anymore. If this is what you want, give me peace instantly. At least in that moment, that's how he confirmed it with me. I had peace and I put in my six months resignation, trained my replacement and went out into the unknown again. 
Um, and it was in that place that the Lord began to teach me to be a tent maker, if you will. Uh, entrepreneurship spirit began to grow in my heart because I wasn't pulling salary from the church. They had no money to give me. I'm a small church guy. <laughs> um, and uh, they said, I wouldn't leave that job if I were you. And this is my mom and dad who are also my pastors. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't faith. What are you teaching me here? They're like, you got to pay the bills. You got children that are going to be to be born. And I said, you're absolutely right. That's great leadership. It is. It is. They said, basically, as always, count the cost. And I did. And I said, look, if I'm wrong, I'll humble myself by God's grace and, and, and pick up where I left off. Um, but I, I believe this is God. And that again was 25. I'm 38 now. And I've never looked back. Um, God has um, provided. I've learned a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons, a lot of humbling uh, realities that I didn't want to admit about myself. One was I had a lust for things. Um, uh, my cars made me, my three piece suits was my identity. Um, I was a people pleaser, um, and I couldn't say no. And so my character began to be, uh, um, assaulted because I was overwhelming my calendar and, um, I needed protection from myself. Um, I was a high capacity guy who didn't realize he was finite. I didn't realize that there's only one God that can do all things and be and be what what uh, uh, be all things to all people. I wasn't that guy. I'm not God. And from my 20s, that's the lesson that I learned at 20, 23. I would have told you I was ready to be a lead pastor then ready. I almost left the church at 23. My dad and I were having a conversation, an argument. I said, you don't see the gift that God has given you. You don't see that what I'm saying is right. And I stormed out and I went home and shared with my wife and she, in her infinite wisdom, just listened and said, hey, I trust that you can pray. Just pray. I'm with you. Just pray. And um, I prayed and I remember the Lord waking me up in the middle of the night after I was, as the young people would say, in my feelings. <laughs> and the Lord says, son, that which your father has covered in grace will be exposed in shame everywhere else. You're immature, you lack discipline, your charisma, and your, uh, uh, can, will take you places your character will not carry you. Mm. And um, in that moment, um, uh, I was humbled again, went to the church the next day and repented. And um, it was amazing in that moment that my dad then said, son, now you're ready to, for me to be able to tell you that much of what you said was true, but I couldn't tell you in the heart that you were in. So now let's pray and see what God would have us do. That was 2012. And what we're walking in today, I have a document. When we began to pray with the God vision, the God dream for back then, Destiny City Fellowship, years from down the road, we are literally, when I pulled out that document in 2015, when we began the actual transition, I began to realize that we are actually living out the very thing that God birthed in our heart once humility was able to be uh, 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 birthed in my heart in that space. And so um, so that's been a little bit of, of my journey. I know I've went everywhere. Recap, New York City, Richmond, Virginia, gave up a lot so that I can be obedient to the Lord. And in that, I found out that I wasn't perfect and I needed a savior. I needed the Holy Spirit and I needed uh, wonderful men and women that would put up with me, that would love me and that would call me out of my garbage. Um, and by God's grace, here we are today, hoping that there are still people out there that would be able to do the same. Yeah, that's good. You know, and, and the Lord is just looking for a surrendered heart. Come on, man. Right. And the thing is, is we can chase, because, um, I, I, man, I could go on and on about the things I tried to chase and this yeah. and that. And it's amazing that he just wants a surrendered heart. And when we surrender our hearts and say, Lord, have your way. Yeah. Your will be done. Mm -hmm. Right. 
then he starts to open doors. Yeah. And, and that man, just the, the leadership and just, I've got to know you over the last uh, several weeks and you're a leader of leaders. And just the fact that the Lord humbled you through some different things, right? And now you're just trying to journey and you do have a lot of charisma. People are drawn to you. You have so many gift sets and it's when you surrender that he started just yes. opening the doors. And so now, man, you find yourself like you're a leader of leaders. Um, what I love about you and just spending time with you is just how you pour into other people. You create opportunities and allow them to lead. And so that's opened many doors for you. And I just want you to share, like, uh, tell us about Lux Church. Like, what is what is the name? Yes. What does Lux Church mean? Uh, but then also you have, I, I want, want you to tell us about the, the cleaning solution, the organization that you're a part of as well. Uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about the new initiative that you guys are about to launch with, with foster children who are aging out of the organization and, yes. and, and out of the system and what you're providing there and the Bible college. And so I just go back to, man, like, like we could unpack those years of what it, when the lessons you learned, I'm sure it was painful yeah. and it was tough and it was refining. I mean, anytime we're being refined is not, is not good. Yeah. It's not fun, I should say. It's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not fun. How about that? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I know that's a lot in a question, but man, share just kind of when you surrendered, just all this stuff just started coming. And God just started revealing uh, vision and, and to you and wisdom. And, and I'm sure surrounding yourself with people that could take on these things that you're leading. So share about those things. I think early on was that the, the vision that God gave was much bigger than me. Um, and I think when we look at the narrative of scripture, we see that what God uh, uh, initiates in one generation, he doesn't fulfill until very, very likely three generations later, right? We, we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and, 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 and again, it comes back to what I opened with, that my story begins with my dad's faithfulness. You know, he was a, a product of uh, an abusive relationship and, and uh, or not a relationship, but of, of a family that was broken. They didn't know God, right? So that's the ultimate brokenness. They were far from Christ. And yet, even in that, um, you know, he was without a father since the age of 10. And the father he did know was abusive and an alcoholic and a womanizer. Um, and, and yet, um, my dad wasn't perfect, but he was perfect for me. I've not known what my dad knew, right? My dad was also, um, you know, uh, 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 often, you know, rejected as a spiritual son to many that were, uh, 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 that he came up under. Um, and uh, I've had many spiritual mentors. I've got spiritual grandfathers. <laughs> and, um, and I look at that simply because we are all in one of those two spaces, right? Some are in the space of my dad where they're just praying like, Lord, I, I love you. You're Abba. You're my father. But I would love to have a consistent role model, if you will, mentor in this life. And in time, my dad did have some, um, but it took quite, quite, quite some years. Yeah. Um, or they stand where I am and, and it would be disingenuous and, 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 and lack honor for me to, for me not to realize that what I've been afforded has cost a man much. Um, and, um, and now that's been my, really my heart as far as having influence in other leaders lives is that, Hey, listen, yeah, the, the call that God has on you is great. It is amazing. It's awesome. But that call isn't about you. Um, that call didn't start with you. Um, and, and I always, I usually try to, you know, bring forth this question of, Hey, hey who are, who are you, who are you pointing back to? You know, who are you championing? Who are you, you know, grateful for? that has poured into your life to, to, to get you to this point. And I think in that space, I know me, the Lord has confronted me with my pride. Um, and that's something that's before me every day. 
Um, and uh, it, even as I'm a pastor, it's, it's my first gift set is, is pr prophetic. And so I'm really good at calling people to conviction and repentance. I'm not so good at moving in grace and, and mercy and compassion. And I, I know the Lord did that so that I would have to rely on him every day. Because to shepherd people is to love people, is to, to, to care, to, to, to be with them. Um, and not just to call out um, those things that, 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 that need to be fixed. But God does that. Um, and so uh, Lux Church uh, was really birthed, um, again, um, from Destiny City Fellowship, uh, uh, a three-year transition, 2015 to 2018. And in that space, in that time, the Lord told me, sell our building without having a place to go. Change the name. <clears throat> and, um, you know, install new leadership. <laughs> Any one of those things could cause a church split. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, but, but through that, my dad had great wisdom and we're grateful as well for our apostolic covering, uh, Dr. Stells. Um, he was a faithful uh, leader of uh, House of Prayer out in Courthouse Road in, in uh, Chesterfield, Virginia. And now his son is doing a phenomenal job. Uh, Pastor Jonathan Stells at now Hope Point Church. And uh, we were privileged to be able to see how they transitioned. And Dr. Stells was uh, integral in allowing us to know in the years preceding the transition, hey, this is some things that you all need to do to make certain that we actually don't lose momentum when we pass the baton. And so again, I give credit to Dr. Stells and um, we have him here as often as we can to give us wisdom and, and, and just some good instruction. Um, and so we did that. And in 2018, we moved forward all steam ahead and we did just what the Lord said. We sold our building, and that was the story in itself that don't have enough time on one podcast for. Um, it was a faith journey, uh, 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 something that was sure, all of a sudden was not sure. And, um, and the Lord really began to teach me how to lead through change um, and uh, how to guard my heart as well, as often as what we see in part is not the full reality. And so it really caused me to really question, okay, what is my faith in, in the evidence or in simply the promiser, right? His word is enough. And, and, um, and so uh, we did that. And then we changed the name. Lux is really a, an, an, an honoring name to the church that we were brought up in as well as my father in the church that I was a co-leader in, Destiny City Fellowship. So the church we came from was Lighthouse Christian Center. Okay. And then my mom and dad's church was, uh, and my church was Destiny City Fellowship. And so I was like, Lord, I know you're calling me to change a name, but I don't want to do it for a name's sake. Right. I don't want it just to be cool. Um, and uh, as we prayed, my wife and I, um, and we, we, we started just thinking, okay, and Philippians came out and yeah, I love the scripture that says that we should be like stars in the sky, that a crooked and perverse generation would find their way home. And I was like, star church. And I was like, nah, that thing is astrology and, and a whole bunch of zodiacs and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, uh, my wife was praying one night. She woke up and she said, honey, I got it. I said, what? She said, Lux. I said, Lux, what's that, like Latin? She said, yes, and it only has like one definition. And I looked it up in, in, in Webster's and the uh, sentence that it had describing Lux was uh, uh, Genesis. And it said, uh, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And so uh, Lux is the, the Latin word for light. Um, actually, technically, it's a measurement of light. Um, and, uh, and, and that really solidified it for us. And the uh, goal of Lux Church is that the, um, uh, the light of the word of God uh, 
Goodness gracious, I, I've, I've gotten a blank on my own, uh, on my own mission here. <laughs> Shining bright, revealing destiny. Shine bright, reveal destiny. That the light of the word of God will reveal the destiny of many. And that we would intentionally take the light of the good news into every pocket of darkness in our city, region, nation, and around the world. And we've really honed in on the word intentionally that our Facebook ads wouldn't be the main reason that we're having church growth, that our marketing skills wouldn't be the sole reason that we're having church growth. I'm not speaking negatively against those things. Those are good means to get the word out, but I still believe that God has called us to be disciples that make disciples. Um, And we wanted that to be uh, the backbone of who we were and who we are. And um, that's how Lux came to be, shining light, revealing destiny, that the light of God's word will reveal the destiny of many and that we're not going to wait for them to come through our doors. But by God's grace, we're going to go bid them come um, wherever they might be. And uh, we do that locally in some of the most dangerous projects within our community and internationally, by God's grace, doors have opened as well for myself and a few of my a couple of my elders um, to be in very dangerous parts of the world as well in mission. Um, So that's the Lux Church piece there. Um, one of the uh, primary uh, um, heartbeats of our church is also the um, those uh, children who are without biological families. Um, and we've had experiences uh, concerning uh, those who have fostered in our church and even those that have adopted. And we have a few professionals that work in the field and that really were able to bring to us uh, an inside look at, 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 at the reality of, of the lives of these wonderful children and what they go through. Um, and then through that, the Lord led me on a really a theological journey of seeing that none of us are born into the family of God, but we're adopted, right? right? We cry, Abba, Father. And, um, and that theology really just began to resonate within my wife and within myself and within our church. Um, and, uh, the Lord said that when we bought this building, we bought three parcels. Um, so we have an education building, our main sanctuary, and then we also have a home and, uh, the church previous to us was using it as office space. The moment we walked in, the Lord said, this will be a home to children who do not have family. They will find family in the, in the family of God. And, and so we're believing God, our, our, our goal, our goal is, um, by, um, spring of 2021, that uh, we would have raised finances to um, renovate the home and that we would have our first students that are aging out of foster care to live there. And what they would receive is um, uh, uh, we have collaborative partnerships with uh, schools, uh, vocational schools and colleges, uh, community colleges, also with a local nonprofit who also owns a gym, um, that these kids would have everything that they need to be able to be uh, um um, to have healthy uh, uh, lives and to be healthy citizens within community and would have a support network um, um, within the church family and with the collaborative partners that we have as well. And that's going to be Deluxe House. And we already have five students that are waiting for that house to be renovated um, and to be moved in. And uh, we can't wait for that house to be open and to be able to serve these students uh, in this capacity. And they'll be 18 years of age or older. Um, so that's the Lux, Lux house and we can't wait for that to open. Well, and share a little bit, cause you and I had a conversation yes. about this before. So share a little bit of the statistics around, um, yeah. when they, when they come out of care or come out of the system and they don't really have anywhere to go share some of those. So I've been privileged to the Lord's open doors to work with another great organization here in Richmond called the Trinity family life center. Um, they've been funded by the Casey family foundation to do work called this called, um, 
Their program's called Positive Pathways. And they do work with foster families and they really support them um, in, in, in the process of being foster parents. It's, it's great work and, and work that is worth it and, and, and needed, but it's difficult work as well. Um, we're working with uh, uh, children that are uh, experienced great trauma. Um, and so through the training that I've gone with them and, and, and other trainings here in the city, we've learned that uh, over 75% of, of youth that age out of the system, they either end up uh, uh, homeless um, or they end up uh, in prison. And, um, and, and, that, and that's usually those that are um, uh, male. Uh, unfortunately, many of our, our women that uh, age out of the system as well uh, have compounded complexities because of having tr- children um, early on without any support system to be able to care for the child and care for the young woman now that has that is with child. Um, and so um, I, I thought of it this way when I began to learn of these statistics, you know, I'm grateful. I still have my mom and dad and, and, and I'm grateful for that. But I remember going through college and, and you know, I was still 25, 26 grateful for the interventions that mom and dad made as I was still figuring out what it was to be an adult Um, and to imagine walking through these formidable years without a connected system uh, a family um, is is unimaginable and and so you know I've been praying we've been praying as a church that our heart would break for what breaks the the heart of God Um, and and I truly believe when I look at James what true religion is is to care for the orphan and the widow um, that there's a special place in God's heart that breaks for those that are not just disconnected from him of course that's the greatest but also that uh, are experiencing greater depths of despair and hopelessness um, because of the trauma they've experienced of being disconnected from their biological homes So do you have something set up currently? If someone is listening to this now, is there a way that they can they can give financially to come alongside support or maybe it's an organization that's listening to this that wants to kind of come alongside you guys? Is there a way that you guys have established currently? Sure. Okay. Yeah, um, on our uh, Lux.Church uh, yeah. website, Lux.Church forward slash giving, uh, we have a giving tab there that says Lux House. Perfect. Um, and so if, if you felt led to give and you wanted more information, you can reach out to us as well at hello at Lux.Church yeah. and um, uh, just ask specifically that you would like more information concerning the Lux House and we would be more than happy to uh, share with you what's going on and updates concerning that as well. Yeah, that's great. And so if you're if you're riding down the road listening to us right now, don't worry about writing that <laughs> yeah. down. We'll make sure to get that information to you uh you can find it on the podcast and in, in there so uh but yeah it's such a such a great thing man it's such a huge call like huge vision uh, much bigger than you and your team yeah. that's a, it's a just a god vision and so i just want to encourage you guys that are, are are feeling a little bit of that tug um to go ahead and reach out uh to manning their team and, and come alongside support so tell us about some of the other things that you guys said what's the cleaning solution i'll do this about? more quickly yeah no you're good <laughs> that's perfect you know i i think that was also um in that space where i was praying about uh income <laughs> yep. you know lord I, I was a personal trainer um and um i was began uh personal training and opened my own business for that and uh, I just felt, though, that though I enjoyed it, that wasn't really what I was supposed to do. And um, I spoke with a few partners that I have and friends that we did business in, in other areas in the past. And uh, a door opened for us to assume equipment for a janitorial services company. And I began to learn more about janitorial services. And I began to pray, OK, Lord, what's the intersection between janitorial services and kingdom? Um, I, I didn't want to do anything anymore um, that, that didn't have a greater purpose than just the 
bottom line. That's just where I was. And my partners were there as well. Um, and I'm grateful for these men that um, are partners with me that love the Lord and they make me better and they have expertise that I don't have. You know, John, uh, they're the two Johns, John B and John M. Um, John B is our financial guru and he makes sure we stay on the tracks um, because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have a company eight years later. Um, and John Morton's the HR, just, uh, you know, again, great guy who makes certain that uh, all that we need to do as far as our paperwork and, and uh, maintaining with our staff is done. And, um, and so we acquired this equipment and began to realize that uh, recidivism is a big issue with men that are re- released from incarceration. Um, you know, uh, I forget the percentages exactly, but the percentages are very high from when a man is released from incarceration to him being really, um, uh, com- for him coming back um, to, to, to be incarcerated. I began to do work in the city of Richmond with an initiative called the Fatherhood Initiative and uh, was trained uh, in doing mentorship work with men that were being released from incarceration. And Dr. Jeffrey Johnson from the Fragile Families um, uh, curriculum, he curated it, he he created it. He had one uh, baseline statement that said, we could meet every psychological, emotional need of these men, but if we don't change their bottom line, they're gonna go back to prison. And when he said that, um, I now saw the kingdom intersection between janitorial services um, and kingdom. And it was an opportunity for me to get the men that we were working with uh, gainful employment. Um, we began that eight years ago. Um, it's been a bit of a tumultuous journey, um, just figuring out and navigating. And, and, and at the moment, people realize that you want to hire um, uh, uh, men that have been recently incarcerated. Um, that adds a, a, a wrinkle to their acceptance of you and your company. Right. Um, and we've actually, just this year, we've shifted. Um, so now we've shifted from janitorial, though we still have a few contracts. Um, uh, laws began to get more difficult as far as criminal background checks. So I said, Lord, what's the pivot? We went into floor care. And so uh, now our goal is to outfit vans with uh, uh, commercial and residential uh, floor care equipment, which we have already, uh, um, steam cleaning carpets and uh, tile and grout maintenance and care, um, uh, a wood floor restoration, not resurfacing, just restoration. And so what that allows us to do is to do a discipleship model. We have a senior person in the van with someone that is now added to our team that has been released from incarceration um, and that we're discipling and we're working with and we put them through vetting processes with other collaborative uh, organizations. Jobs for Life is a phenomenal organization that teaches dignity of work through scripture. Um, And so I'm one of the business partners in that program. So is one of my partners, John Morton. And uh, we're in uh, Section 8 Project Tenements uh, uh, throughout the year. And we're teaching uh, job readiness skills from resume building to appearance to um, interview preparation. And we're looking at scripture, what God says uh, work is. Work is not part of the curse. The sweat of the brow is part of the curse. Mm. Work has always been part of the blessing, purpose and mission what we do. And uh, we want to bring that dignity back to the reality of work. Um, and uh, we also wanted opportunity not just to teach them, 
but to employ them. And uh, this gives us that opportunity to do so. And um, we pivoted just this, the end of last year and uh, we pivoted again now, including COVID disinfecting um, because uh, we, the equipment we use can be converted for that purpose. And so this is our hope and our goal. And our hope is within the next three years, we can increase the amount of individuals that we put uh, to work and that would build enough confidence to own their own van and be their own business owner. That's, That's our ultimate goal is that they get released from our umbrella and they become an entrepreneur. Um, I, I love the entrepreneur spirit. I believe is near and dear to the heart of God. Um, and uh, I wanna be able to see those that have, what's in your hand? There's something in you, if you've got a power washer, let's start a power washing business. You know, if you know how to sew, let's figure out how to get a seamstress business going on here. And so that's a, uh, a love that I have that we've done actually on the mission field in Haiti, in the Middle East as well. And God said, hey, why are you not doing that on the mission field I've given you? I said, what are you talking about, God? He said, everything you're doing out here works in Richmond. Um, and the moment he told me that a couple of years ago, I've been implementing those same things that I've done on the mission field right here in the city of Richmond. Yeah. So how can someone kind of get in touch with you guys about that? <laughs> um, I, I think email would probably be the best way okay. for that as well. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, that email is the cleaning solution RVA at okay. gmail.com. Gotcha. Um, any information they would like to know about that? Uh, hey, maybe a business owner is listening <laughs> and they have some feedback that can help us yeah. go further, faster. We always are available to learn. And so uh, uh, you can reach us, the cleaning solution RVA at yeah. gmail.com. Well, that's great. <laughs> so you're a co director as well. We're going to dig into this because I think this. This is great. Yeah. And I've actually had a uh, opportunity to be a part of this organization too. I was invited to a conference. Yeah. Um, um, and so you're a co-director with your wife yes. um, as a Southeastern uh, regional director yes. of, uh, of MFI uh, ministers fellowship international. Yes. Tell us what that organization is about and how you guys, I love how you guys are equipping pastors across the world. Yes. It's not just in the U S across the world. Yes. So. Well, let me, I was, I, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, I'm privileged to be able to be co-director, um, with, uh, a, a amazing, amazing, amazing team, Mike and, uh, Elizabeth Hennigan. Yep. Um, and so I'm so privileged to be able to work with them. Um, and, uh, and then my wife, of course, Christine, uh, we've been married now for going on 18 years and we have four beautiful girls. Um, our oldest is 13 and our youngest is six. So we've got a, a busy household. Yeah. We've got a dog, a bunny, um, and soon to be hamster. And so uh, are those all females as well. Uh, are you the only male in the house? They all are except the dog. The dog is a male. And so he, 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 the testosterone quotient is not quite equal. Uh, but nevertheless, we make do and, and we love, we love our girls. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, again, and just a privilege to be able to do this together um, with my wife. And, and we have a saying here at the church is what we do, we do together, at least with our leadership team. You know, I want to see children that grow up to love the house of God. Um, and, uh, and so we invite our children to be a part of what God is doing and that they would be able to see God at work um, in every element um, of, of society. And so, uh, yeah, so we serve MFI and, you know, I love, again, my story of MFI begins with my dad. You know, when my dad received Christ at the age of 18, it was through a man who just passed away, um, a pastor and prophet, Daniel Bonilla. Um, Daniel Bonilla has an amazing story, but lo and behold, at the age of 18, I believe, the Lord gripped his heart while he was drunk on Jesus Street in Puerto Rico, literally. That's the name of the street. Um, and uh, uh, he then found himself in New York City and uh, 
had an opportunity for an open door in Portland, Oregon. And in Portland, Oregon, um, there was a, a, a team out there led by Dick Iverson. And they had written m- many of books, uh, Ken Mauman and, and um, uh, Kevin Connors. And, you know, one of my first readings at the age of 13 was uh, the Church of the New Testament with Kevin Connors. I mean, this is a scholarly material, a scholarly book. And my dad was like, read this. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, 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 and so my, my father at the age of 18 began to be um, uh, mentored by these men through these books. Um, Danny Bonilla then left to Portland and go through their school and would then become an apostolic leadership uh, team member and travel the world, seeing thousands upon thousands come to know Jesus. And he was training leaders and pastors as well. Um, and just this past uh, two uh, month ago, um, he had complications due to COVID um, and uh, he's now home with the Lord. Um, but I honor him because now my story not only begins with my dad, but my dad's story begins with Danny Bonilla um, and Osvaldo, a 13 year old boy that knew Danny and Danny uh, preached the gospel to a 13 year old boy named Ozzy. And Ozzy came back to Harlem, Spanish Harlem, uh, uh, gang capital of the world. And he began to preach Jesus. Jesus fearlessly in New York City in the late 70s. And, uh, you know, the Bible speaks of fruit that would remain. Well, uh, the fruit has remained in every one of his disciples um, uh, that we see now. Those men and women are living with uh, 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 families that love God, right? Serving God and have children that have children that love God. And many of them also are in the fivefold ministry around the world. And so um, MFI was near and dear to my heart. I, I, I read these books growing up. And um, when my father moved to Richmond, lo and behold, the church that God planted him in was under the MFI covering. And my dad was like, get out of here. He went to go to the bookstore and he began to see all the books that he was mentored by. And um, and just a few short years later, my dad was uh, would be an elder in that church. And he was invited to his first MFI conference in Portland, Oregon. And uh, he met all these amazing men and women that he attributes his mature maturity of faith in. Yeah. Uh, we fast forward, now I'm 19 and I'm at my first MFI conference as a youth pastor within the church. And um, I'm meeting at 19 all the men that my dad didn't meet till he was 45. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I began to see um, the heart of MFI. The MFI heart is that uh, we have many sons, but not enough fathers. And, and they believe in, in this generation, in this age, um, that, that there is a yearning by sons to be again affirmed by spiritual fathers. And, um, and, and, and that's the heart of my dad. Um, and, and that's really the heart that has been um, cultivated in me. And to be 38 um, and, and to be a part of this network that desires to um, build Acts 2 churches that uh, fear God, that love him, um, love his people, um, and that are um, uh, desiring to grow as Paul did, to be poured out, to die empty, um, giving all that we have uh, in service to God and in service to his people. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and for me, that's what really um, gravitated me to uh, accept the, um, the call to be part of the leadership team as far as the southeastern region um, right. with Mike Hannigan um, and, and serve leaders in that capacity. Yeah. Yes, and they've got churches uh, all over the world as well as here within the U.S. and, um, and um, I'm grateful to be a part. 
Yeah. And so if there's a pastor, um, staff member that wants to kind of be a part of that network, um, because this, this is a great, um, this is a great organization to just equips and empowers pastors, yes. pours back in. Um, and, and, and so if they want to join that network or, or get more information about that, how can they do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, MFIleader.org. Okay. Yep. MFIleader.org. They will be able to see, um, you know, uh, who we are, uh, vision, mission statements, um, and the next conferences that we've got coming up virtually uh, until our world, uh, you know, uh, comes back into order and we're able to gather again uh, in person. Yeah, that's so good. Well, hey, this is going to be the end of, um, of session one, um, but I want to encourage all you listeners. Um, I know that you've enjoyed Manny and um, I'm excited about session two. Um, session two, um, I'm going to share a little bit and, and ask Manny to share because uh, I was actually at one of these MF, uh, MFI uh, conferences. It was a, a smaller gathering, obviously, and uh, it was a regional gathering. But I had the opportunity of, of, of being a part of one and, and actually sat under some of um, uh, Manny's teaching. And it was really more of a, of a conversation, just a transparency conversation where he just poured his heart out of where he was at in this season um, that we find ourselves in with the COVID and uh, the racial divide and, and all this that's going on in our in our country. And so I just want to encourage you guys as we end session one um, to pick up session two as we just unpack uh, that question and how and, and listen a little bit of, of Manny's um, what the Lord did through him and teaching in uh, out of Ezekiel 37. Yes. So Manny, thank you for uh, session one, man. I, I can't wait to hear more and unpack uh, in session two. Thank you, Andy. Thanks again for listening in. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you haven't already had the opportunity, we want to encourage you to subscribe to this channel on the iHeartRadio and or iTunes podcast platforms. And please share this with as many people as you can to help grow the network to share encouraging and insightful conversations. If you'd like to know more about the E-Team and how we can come alongside your great organization, please visit us online at eteam-inc.com.